Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We're tonight's entertainment. Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. Johnny and the mothers are playing something at the Savoy in Vermont tonight. Grandma's going to kill my brother at the Savoy Theater tonight. I didn't say that. No, but I know this grapevine. Why would I put it there? Kindness? 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 You stole it! He stole it! We have top men working on it right now. Who? Welcome to Ready to Unload with Hal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Podcast, episode number 165. Coming to you live from Bayside, New York, and Comac, New York, we are Sons Freehold, New Jersey, as uh, the Bishop Pop Culture PJ, otherwise known as Bish, uh, has a very early appointment tomorrow. He's not with us today. He's a very early uh, appointment, so he's not going to be able to join us, but... We will be here. It is Thursday night. It is 10.03 p.m. Thanks a lot, Skype slash Blog Talk Radio. It is time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. I am Sam Pete, one of the aforementioned hosts of the program. And this is a podcast, and we're going to talk about New York and other sports and uh, anything else that comes to our mind. And as I said, it's episode number 165, so uh, we've done a few of them. We've been around a while. But uh, we're going to enjoy ourselves for the next hour. Cal is going to talk me through um, what has been a very difficult time. As John Tavares, the all-world center forward for the New York Islanders, was injured yesterday in Sochi at the Olympic Games. And I am not good with this. I'm not good. Uh, there's, there was a rant yesterday. I lost consciousness for a couple of minutes, I think. So Cal is going to talk me through that uh, as he has been through this with Matt Harvey. So we're going to talk about that. And I had to talk him through that right here on this very program. And we're also going to talk about baseball. Uh, we got a couple of things to cover. So let's get right into it. Bring in the co-host of the program. I'm joined by now by the co-host, the guy named Cal. Uh, Mr. Brian Calneva, Calpino. There it is. Caliente. He's like a secret agent, a little bit. Actually, a lot. There he is. I love this guy. Goggly goose. This guy. That's the Italian. 
little like Italian endearing nickname doesn't really match Let Die. There Only a lip. There he is. Ooh, there's a papalapa. There he is. Hi, Cal. Hi, Steve. Hey, buddy. Hey, how you doing over there, big guy? Hey, guy. What are you <laughs> doing? Over are you gonna there? give me the hey guy tonight? Come here, little fella. <laughs> Chin up. Hey, guy. Let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a little something. Let me show you something. Uh, wow, an in living color reference. Only so, that was four minutes into the show. That's all right. Relevant. Absolutely timely. If, no, if nothing else. Uh, how are I? I appreciate you turning your Islanders hat around. Mm. You're wearing it like a cool cat right now, backwards. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what the kids are doing today. So you look. Like, I'm hope I'm hopelessly out of touch with the kids. That's what I'm gonna do. You look like DJ Cool Cat from uh, <laughs> from Paula Abdul's video. Is, was it, was that his name? I, I, I'm speculating wildly. Did you say TJ or DJ? I said DJ. <laughs> oh. Like Derek Jeter, as in Derek oh. Jeter. Sure. I thought you said, like, TJ. No. Like his name was Thomas Jane Cool Cat. <laughs> and they called him TJ for short. Right. A little weird. Be weird. I didn't, uh, okay. Uh, right, before we get into all the sport ball talk... Uh, let's let's talk about our sponsor. This show is sponsored by episode number one hundred sixty-five. Sixty Fave is sponsored by the No Fuss and Feathers Roadshow. What is that, you may ask, Cal? What is that, Steve? Oh, you oh you did it. Oh, you you didn't want me to actually. No, ask. I did. No, I did. Good job. Oh, that's great radio right there. I thought we. You know what that was? That was like a great pass from an all-world center in a, in a hockey game. That's that was like a like a great pass. Like oh man, he's got such great vision. Sees the entire radio podcast right in front of him, and he passes it off beautifully. Sets up his teammate. I don't think I like where you're going with this. <laughs> no fuss and feathers roadshow. What is that? Well, it's a uh, in-the-round collaborative project that presents Caroline Solabello, Karen Oliver, and the Yayas. It's a folk music group. They get together. Uh, they play uh, some of each other's music. They play some covers. It's really uh, pretty amazing. Uh, you can go to YouTube and check out the video um, that goes along with it. They are also playing on March 9th in the Mount Spirit Coffee House. They're doing like a little tour, Cal. Yeah, you had said. Yeah, the, the, you know, Jay uh, Mafali, our old friend, he's so nice in this one. Mafali. I said a whole bunch of bad words right there. No, you didn't. I did. Pretty that sure. Was, oh, really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. This has been fun. No, I told, I told you. The, the Italian, the only Italian I know are all the curses that my grandmother used to use as to not curse in front of us but they were curses. They were absolutely curses. Came to find out later in life as an adult, curses. So she was just bad. She avenue. was just a sailor on leave, just letting it rip Italian style. And we had no idea. No idea. Anyway, um, Jay is, he's Italian, he's a paisan. 
He doesn't look it at all. Looks like no. A, looks like Alan Alda and Anthony Edwards got together. Would never know. Yeah. Not Alan Alda. Alan Arkin. Wait, you going Arkin? No, Alda. Alan Alda? Absolutely. Hawkeye? Like, like yeah, like Mash era Alan Alda. Not 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 Alan Alda now, who's in everything, by the way. He is. He's just like he's really in everything. Good for him, though. Good for him. Way to close your career. Solid actor. Really, very good. I loved Mash. Did you love Mash? Yeah, I kind of did. I guess that means I didn't love it. There's a nah, like there's that. a there's a better question here, though. I asked it poorly. Did you grow up in a Mash house? No. Because we were too young for MASH. But my dad and mother loved MASH. I didn't, I didn't grow up in a... I mean, they might have watched it, my parents. I didn't know about it. Okay. But it, did, it was in syndication when we were kids. Yeah, I mean, I think the last episode is 1983, maybe? Or 84? Yeah. yeah, but then it would be on, like, I don't know, like, during the week, afternoon Oh, or absolutely. Something. But That's I would I know it from. Okay. See, I remember it in the house. I don't I don't remember the first run. No, on CBS, I remember, you know, 81, 82, the Winchester years where I'm I'm knee deep. My dad not a laugher. Um you really have to get him to uh-huh. laugh. And that show, he would just he would howl. He Made loved laugh, that show. Huh? That and Newhart. He well. would watch Newhart and he would Larry Darren, uh, Darryl and Darryl would come out, or he loved Peter Scolari, and uh, just he loved Newhart, loved Newhart. Those were like he he and my dad had this had has this wonderful laugh where it's like ha, 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 you know like he really he goes yeah. all, he goes all in if you get him. you you know when he when he thinks something's funny that's it there's no no question about it. So hey, episode number 165 brought to you by No Fuss and Feathers Roadshow. Um, check them out if you're in any of these areas. They are gearing up for a weekend tour March 7th through 9th. That's like uh, like two weeks away. It doesn't feel like it because today's only the 20th. Short month. It's February. Sneaky. Uh, so they're gearing up for a weekend tour March 7th through 9th. Join them. Go see them in Newton Square, Newtown Square, Pennsylvania, Rockville, Maryland, Asheville, North Carolina. They're doing like a little tour thing. Over, a, over like a three-day weekend. It's, it's really great. It's really great stuff. If you can see them live, do it. If not, go to uh, facebook.com backslash No Fuss and Feathers Roadshow and like their page. They have plenty of recorded music available, too, to check out. We're going to go see them on March 11th uh, here in New York, WFEU. Uh, they're doing a show. Um, so we're going to go see them. If you're in the New York area, you should check that out. There's only like 60 or 70 tickets for that, so want to get on it. Check them out. No Fuss and Feathers Roadshow, episode number 165. I'm ready to unload with Calency. Brought to you by them, with them, and they brought it to us. It's really good. I enjoy the music. Okay. Uh, now, on with the show, as they say. So, <laughs> nobody says that. No, not like that. No. On with the show! Like, maybe somebody would come out and say it like that. Why am I so old Hollywood? Why not? What, what, what else would you, would you... Do you want to be new Hollywood? New. Nouveau Hollywood? You don't want to be that. You're right. I absolutely don't. Classic. 
You are you talking Brat Pack? No, that's like thirty years. Ago. That's that's thirty. Think about that. Try that one on. Thirty that's years 30 ago. Thirty years ago. The Brat Pack. But that's uh, I'm so behind and dated. That's New Hollywood for me. That's New Hollywood. <laughs> the Brat Pack. They're sixty years old, but they're that's New Hollywood to you. <laughs> Molly Ringwald's a grandmother, but that's. <laughs> um, and now, of course, time. For the big on the stop the music. I you need a, you needed a record scratch I, for that so I, badly. I did need the record. Damn it! Or a car crash. I am so angry. Flames burning the sides of my face. Heaving, heaving, Um So, to set the scene, uh, John Tavares, the one of the elite players in the game, gets hurt yesterday in Canada's, uh, what was it, a 3-1 win, 4-2 win, uh, I don't even know. I haven't watched a minute of Olympic hockey this year. I know TJ Oshie and the great shootout and the whole thing. Look. Here's what it boils down to for me. And we find out John Tavares has a uh, torn MCL and a torn meniscus. Could have been worse, I suppose. As I said today, the Zamboni could have run over him while he was on the ice, grabbing his knee. So it could have been worse. Or my favorite favorite tweet of the day was, um, yeah, it could have been worse. It could have been Dennis Potvin who hit him in the the boards. Like, out of retirement, Dennis Bodvin comes and takes out John Tavares. That would have been worse. That would have been worse. Um, th- honestly, though, it, it it could have been worse. It's not much worse, especially if he needs surgery. Because they're speculating that um, Tavares, who, of course, is staying with his Olympic teammates, because why would you come back to New York and get evaluated by your team's doctors? That if he doesn't or need surgery, or if he needs surgery, he'll be ready for training camp. That's the thing, right? So it comes down to this for me, Cal. I was. This is the first year I had skin in the game with the Olympics. So the pros have been playing for a long time. I've never liked it. I'm on record as not liking it. I like the amateurs better. I always have. Some of my. Do you remember the eighty, the eighty-eight Olympics, the ninety-two Olympics? Sure. Ray LeBlanc. You know, eighty-eight. You had, uh, you know, you you knew you were getting certain players off those teams. Remember? Sure. Eighty-four. Lafontaine, Pat Flatley, came to the Islanders after the Olympic Games. Eighty-eight. Scotty Lachance. One of the great hockey names of all time. I loved the amateurs. You could get behind these guys. You know, you you, you had these wonderful stories every time. Every Winter Olympics. I loved Olympic hockey. Loved it. Loved it. And then they let the pros play. And where was it? Nagano? That, that, like, Brett Hull and the guys destroyed. Oh, Jeremy Roenick. And Roenick destroyed hotel rooms and stuff. I think it should be the amateurs. That's I that's I think it should be amateurs, but it's not. It's the pros. And again, as I was saying, first year I had skin in the game. 
because the Islanders, for the first time, have an elite player. A top five in the NHL player. Top five in the world. And frankly, I didn't want him to play. I didn't. When Kyle Oposo was not chosen for the United States team, I was annoyed because I felt like he should have been there. Kyle Oposo is not John Tavares. He's not. He's, he's a lovely player. He's having a great year. He's finally sort of put it all together. I'm a huge Kyle Oposo fan. He's not John Tavares. So, you know, four years ago, I was into it. I mean, that, that finals game with Canada and, and Crosby scores the goal in overtime, and I was into it. I was watching that game in a bar. I was in it. I did not want it this year. I did not. Because I had the worst feeling, Brian. The worst feeling this entire... I said it on the show three weeks ago. I went back and listened. And I said, yeah, great. Just don't get hurt. Is that what you said? Yes. Yes? So... If only PG were here. If only PG were here. To produce this show, RTU Flashback. <laughs> Three weeks ago. Somehow we're going to make the entire podcast shimmy. Right. So we can show that we're going back in time. So talk me off, talk me off the ledge here, because I'm not taking this well. I know. Really. Um, I guess my first question that I need answered from you. You're mad. Angry. Right? You're angry. Okay. So you let's let's talk about the five stages here. I made I think I made it seven. I think I added two. <laughs> angry, really angry. Right. God damn it. That's <laughs> right. Super pissed. Yeah. Right, I think I added that one. You threw those in. Yes. Um you you skipped right over denial. Oh yeah. <laughs> like there was there was no moment at all during this whole thing where you said, "Oh no, maybe that didn't happen, did it? Maybe it's a mistake." <laughs> Never. Like you, you immediately went from not knowing anything to your head exploding, like in in a split second. Correct. So you skipped over denial. Now you're on anger. Okay, so it appears we got cut off there, but uh, we are back. Not sure where it cut off. We'll take a look at it in post. But we were discussing the idea that it is a big... Players in... Yes. We don't know. Okay, so it appears we're having a ton of technical difficulties. Uh, Blog Talk Radio is having a rough night, so we'll just... uh, We'll gut it out. We'll see what happens. Um, Are we we back? We are back. For now? We are. Are you sure? That's what it tells me. Okay. Yeah, that's what it tells me. Um, this may be our, our farewell appearance on Blog Talk Radio, so good job by them. Um, <laughs> we're, we're discussing the Olympics and the Olympic Games, amateurs playing in the Olympics, etc. And we were just making the point at, about um, the idea that it does mean a lot to the NHL players. It does. They They would rather play for their country, I think, than their NHL teams. I really do. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in um, Canada. Right. In Canada, in some of the European countries. 
And, and that's fine. I mean, I get that. My problem is... My problem is more with the idea that the NHL is still paying their salaries, A, and the NHL allows this to go on. No, Zetterberg is hurt. John Tavares is hurt. Yes, the Islanders aren't in a playoff race, but still. One of their best players, one of their marquee players, a player that uh, people will pay to come out and see is hurt. Uh, Zuccarello is hurt. Somebody else, somebody else big hurt. Um, there's 25 games, 22, 25 games left in the NHL season. They're about to put an inferior product back out on the ice. I just, they're first on my hit list. You asked who was first, they're first. The NHL is first. All right, who's next? You've got a list, you said. I do. I want to hear who's next. I can't really get angry at them. But I'm a little angry at the Islanders. But there, there's, I mean, there's no chance that they are, aren't going to let him play or go or whatever. I mean, I get all that. I See, just, I don't, I don't. What I, what I don't understand, and I guess you'd have to explain this to me because you're, you are more angry. You would, you would be angry at the Islanders before you would be angry at Tavares. Strangely, I would. That's what. That's what I. Because I understand, I understand, not, that, I understand why he wants to play for Canada. Right, I wouldn't expect you to be angry at either of them, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not really. I think my my the next amount of anger, stage two, which we may never get over, is that just like the gods and the fates and like just enough. You know, just fanhood in general, like having to suffer this with Matt Harvey. You and I have talked so many times on this show over the course of four and a half years about the idea of our teams, and this sounds like a loser's lament, or it sounds like a, you know, bitching and moaning, but bitching and moaning, because we're in SoCal. It's, um, well, you used it the right way. We're in the OC, just bitching and moaning. Um, but no, I didn't, though, but I said bitching, and then I went, and moaning. Like, bitching and moaning. Right, like the moaning was like an English erudite sort of professor. See, I think of bitchin' as like, wow, that's a bitchin' wave, dude. Yeah, exactly. Right, but that's not how you used it. It should be... It you should used be, it as a verb. Right, it's bitching. Right. Because you are bitching and moaning. You're not bitching, man, and you moaning. Could be, you could be bitching and moaning. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> you could. What? We are old. Um, no, it is a lot of bitching and moaning, but it's the idea that we've waited for so long to have that elite player on our teams. Look, we haven't had a lot to root for. And when you get a guy that's transcendent, when you get a guy that's one of the best in the game, mm-hmm. I'm feeling, I, you know what it's akin to right now, I think, Cal? Love to have a Redskins fan on right now. Because it's feeling like they must be feeling about RG3. Like well, we, we've waited so long for a guy. And, and let's face it, the Red... Let's face it. Ugh. No doubt about it. I failed. There's no question. Uh, everything I touch gets ruined. I, 
I'm, I just, I'm, I just did, the, I just did a complete Charlie Brown. Please mm-hmm. play the Charlie Brown music. The Christmas Sanitary, yeah. Yeah, I got a rock. <laughs> One of my favorite Arrested Development moments. <laughs> they used it. And so genius to have George Michael walking home, and there's a dog on a big red house laying down as he's walking by. With his head down. Right, right. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? I lost it because I, I used that ridiculously terrible sports talk radio. You wish that you could have a Redskin fan on right now because yes, that's yes, probably yes, how they feel you. about RG3. But I, if I, I was going to say the Redskins just haven't had a lot of success in the last, you know, 20, 30 years. I mean, it's been a while since the Redskins have won. Right. Um, the Super Bowl, they had glory years and stuff. But they've, they've been waiting for a guy like RG3. I mean, they've had Dan Snyder for a long time. Right. They've been waiting for an RG3, and he gets hurt. A lot. At least he did it playing for them. And not at the Pro Bowl, like on a sand football game. <laughs> Who did that? Uh, running back, uh, Edwards. Robert Edwards. Robert Edwards. From the Patriots. From the Patriots, Sorry. yeah. Destroyed so the, his knee. Yeah, that really affected the Patriots. They went on to win three out of four Super Bowls <laughs> after that. <laughs> so I, I think a Redskins fan would feel what I'm feeling right now, which is you finally get an elite player, and Matt Harvey needs Tommy John surgery about eight minutes into him being elite. Yep. How about the year before, Darrell Revis? And Darrell Revis, right. cornerback goes down, tears his ACL. Best corner never, in the game. Never to play for the Jets again. Yep. Best corner in the game. One of the best defensive players in the game. Our a transcendent uh, player. That's right. Our guy. Yeah. I've had enough. Every, every single one of our guys that you can call a transcendent player has gone down with a catastrophic injury. Three in a row. Not, yeah. Not, not like, you know, bruised his elbow or even broke his arm. He's out for a month. And he'll yeah. be back. No, no can't no, have that. Catastrophic. <laughs> Ten month injuries at least. Right. Right. And this is and Tavares to me, playing for somebody else was the last straw. I said it to you yesterday and I stick by it. I'm selfish. I don't want John Tavares to play for anyone else ever. I don't and I, and I well, good news, he's not he's yeah. not right now. No, but I, I, I honestly don't want him playing for anybody other than the New York Islanders. I understand that. And the fact that he got hurt after being what he what he missed two games in three years. He missed four games in four years. Yeah. Four. Oh, I'm sorry. Four games in four years. He plays three stupid games. And he he doesn't just sprain his knee. You know, the only thing he didn't do was tear his ACL. I know, this is all, it's all just sour grapes and blah, 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 blah. But the real issue is, so we're going to get me through this. We're going to get me through this. We are. I want to live, damn it. You're not, um, well, that's your bargaining stage. (laughs) The (laughs) bargaining, I went right to it. That's next. You're not, you're not there. No. Your bargaining stage is, um, I guess that's kind of where I am. In this whole... You got there very quickly. I'm very surprised. You're taking this very well. Uh, well, here's... Let me, let me explain why I'm... Please, please do. 
better than you. Not well. I mean, you're taking it comparatively. Right. To me, very well. Right. Well, my, my brother's taking it the best. I, I, I would have thought my brother at this point literally would have been on a plane to Sochi to hurt the defenseman that did this. Well, but that's the thing. I don't know if you've seen the footage yet. I've seen I, the footage several times. He didn't do anything illegal. He was away from the puck. It was away from the puck, and Tavares, the puck wasn't there. Tavares tried to get around him. And Some guy who will never play in the... That's the other thing, by the way. I know, that bothers you. Well, you're exposing the best players in the world to some, you know, ridiculous defenseman from Slovakia. Well, who's never going to play in the NHL? Who they they have professional leagues over there. I understand that, but they're not Sidney Crosby. No, of course, but nobody is. This is like this is, but Cal, this is akin to like you 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 know. First of all, these are hockey players. Okay, there's a certain mentality that goes along with being a hockey player. These are, these are not guys who are delicate about each other or around each other anywhere playing this game. At least not on the ice. And if you, you know, think about the idea of different countries playing each other, some guy from Slovakia really might want to take a run at, at Alex Ovechkin from yeah. Russia. But we don't know that. But it happens. <laughs> It could. You're right. The possibility is there. We don't you're know open, that you're this, opening yourself up to that. You're opening your best players in your sport up to playing with other amateurs who would maybe like nothing better well, than. Well, they're not they, amateurs, though. They're professionals. They're not NHL players. Yes, but, the, but there is a distinction between amateurs and professionals. They're professional players. Now, they are a step or two below caliber, for sure. Okay. Of course, I'll agree with you. But they are professional players. Okay. So if you took, let's say, the USFL when it was around, <laughs> right? And then you put them and you put them in a game with. I know. Say, NFL you know players. How about arena football? You take an arena football team. Take an arena football team and put right? them, put them in a game with NFL players. Yeah. Where, by the way, it's the Olympics. So these guys do take it seriously. This is everything to them. And Tom Brady's dropping back and some guy from the Arena Football League has a clear shot at him. Is, is that where you want Tom Brady's career to end? No, of course not. Would you subject Tom Brady to that? Would the Patriots let Tom Brady no. go play in that? Absolutely not. I, 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 I asked the question of our Yankee fan friends. So this is 1996, and a 22-year-old Derek Jeter is on the U.S. Olympic men's baseball team in the summer of 1996. And, the, and Major League Baseball has allowed its professionals to play in the Olympics. Okay, and Derek Jeter breaks his ankle in four places, sliding into third base in the semifinal medal game. This is, uh, and, and say the Summer Olympics were 98 instead of 96. So he's already on his ascendancy to the captaincy. It's a lot of C's, which is appropriate. Are, are Yankee fans going to be thrilled about the idea of professional athletes playing in the Olympics? I, I, 
I don't think the majority of fans had the fear of injury that you had. It's probably true. You know, I, I'll, I'll speak for myself. I wasn't thinking about anybody getting injured. Really? No. I wasn't worried about it. It's all I said. It's not, but it, I heard you, but I wasn't worried about it. <laughs> I don't want you to think that I didn't hear you. I listen. I listen when you talk. I just wasn't worried. I, I don't know I mean, how. I don't know how, given what's happened to Matt Harvey, and I don't know how, given our well, because you know, maybe I got, history. Maybe I got wrapped up. Maybe I got wrapped up in in this tournament. You know. See, you love the Olympic hockey. I do. I got that that U.S. Russia game last Saturday. I was I was in on that. I woke up to watch the game. I woke up. Didn't even have to set my alarm. Like I got up. I got up early on Saturday because I was excited that the game was going to be on. I watched every minute of it, and I, was, and I loved it. I thought it was great. I wasn't thinking about injuries, you know? But that's, but that's me. I'm, I, I understand where you're coming from and how I'm going to get you through this <laughs> is to try to get you to see some of, some of the positives that have come out of it. Not, uh, that's bad. <laughs> There's no positives that came out of it. But there are some things that could have been a lot worse. And you know that. You just can't understand it or accept it right now because you're angry. You know that this would have been a lot worse. The Islanders were two points out of the playoffs right now. Yes. Right? You know this would have been a lot worse if he had torn his ACL and needed reconstructive surgery on his knee. I'm not going to say a lot worse until I hear what surgery he might need. Until he's evaluated by doctors on American soil. He may not need surgery. You know that. He may not, and then he may get back here, and they may do an MRI again and say, Oh, Sochi MRIs stink. There's really nothing wrong with your knee after all. Right, that's not where I was going there. (laughs) But I I like what you did. Well, that's that's what I'm trying to. That th- that's why I'm. I'm, gra- with- I'm granting you the ACL would have been worse, but not that much. Yeah. Not that much. Yeah, it would have been a year. I said until you tell me that. Right. I, until I have. Let's hold, right, we'll hold a, off on that. A U.S. American New York Islanders trainer. Are they going to provide you with the report? Have you requested the report? <laughs> You want to see the you want to see the scans? I do. All right, that's fine. I'd be like, just, they throw them up on the table like that. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't look right. <laughs> Does not look good. Um, okay, but yes, ACL would have been worse. Okay, right, well, but but you know what? Fair. We will table that until we know the full extent of this injury. That's correct. That's okay. all I'm asking. That's fine. I'm really I, the fact that they stink, the Islanders. And there's only 20 games left in the season. 22. And there's 22 games left in the season. And initially, it looks like he will be back for training camp. Right? I don't feel like we're losing much. Don't you think this would have been valuable time for him to play with the kids that they're about to call up? And, I mean, be, the, and be the captain of the team? He's First played, year as a captain? He's played 60 games with, with some of these kids. I know. So far. 
I'm not saying it's huge. Just saying it's something to think about. It's not. It's not worth me losing my marbles over. And put it that way. You know, I'm okay. I'm not. Are your marbles in jeopardy here? They could. They could be. Wow. And I won't allow them to be. So I'm just gonna. I'm okay with it. Okay. You know, I. I. The worst part about it, I don't feel bad for me. Let me put it that way. I don't feel bad for myself as a fan of the team. I, I feel horrible for him, for Tavares. That's, that's, if anything is driving me feeling bad about this, that's what I feel bad about. I, I feel bad about this guy. This kid can't finish the season. He's had an awful season. He's, this Islander season has Well, been, the team's had an awful season. He's this, third in the league in points. Watch him night in and night oh, out. It, it, he looks miserable on this team. He well, looks miserable. I don't think he looks miserable on this. I disagree with that. I think, I think he looks. I think he looks miserable about the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he I don't, is treated. Right. That's fine. I don't. I don't. I, I don't think he looks miserable to the point that he's going to demand a trade. I don't mean it like that. I just mean that he had certain expectations of this he's team. He's very frustrated, yes. And he's extremely frustrated. And night in and night out, he's slamming his stick. He's arguing with refs. He's got that scowl on his face. He has not looked like he enjoys hockey this year. So he finally gets to go and do what he's been dying to do his whole life. And three games into it, he tears his MCL. And doesn't get to play in this huge game tomorrow. Much less go stand up on the podium and win a medal. Well, I get to stand on the podium if they win a medal. I mean, he gets, he gets a medal. He will get a medal, but he won't. Who do you want, a medal? <laughs> Apparently he does. He, he does. He wants a medal more than an accurate diagnosis of his injury. Correct. Um, I just think that, and, that, and now... Look, this is a very good angle you're taking. You're, you're, you're bringing me back a little bit. This is a very good angle you're taking. Listen, I, that's, I'm just telling you how I feel and how I'm kind of approaching it and how I'm trying to deal with it. Because I've been where you are. I, when, Matt, when I got news of Matt Harvey, all right, we talked about it. In Disneyland. I was in Disney World. In Disney World, I mean. That I had, I had waited 10 years to take my kids on a trip to Disney World. <laughs> we put it off. For, for years, and finally we we bit the bullet and we said we're going to go, and we were having we were having a great time. It was the trip of a lifetime for my kids, <laughs> and I find out on the Monday that I'm down there that Matt Harvey is injured and it's not good. Very, very similar to this, yes. because we didn't know exactly what it was at first. Well, I told you exactly what it was. We we didn't you did, but we didn't know. <laughs> Actually, I was the other way on Harvey. I was like, maybe it's not that bad. Maybe we don't know. With Tavares, the minute he went down, I'm like, look, I'll be happy if they don't have to amputate. <laughs> if he even comes back from that's, that's right. <laughs> if he gets on a plane. He's not medically cleared to leave that country. <laughs> that's right. For six months. For six years. Right. If he's not in a gulag somewhere and. <laughs> Sent to Siberia. What do you mean you're keeping him? You can't, you can't keep him. We are keeping him. He is uh, now a uh, nationalist, Russia. 
He's this. He's John Tavariski. He's he's KHL. He's face everywhere. <laughs> he play for Islanders uh, no more. Okay. So that's where I that's where I was with Matt Harvey. I'm yeah. where you are with with Tavares. Yes. And I was angry, angry at the world. I I the, for my I went I went through all the classic stages. I denial. I deny like you know this is not happening. It's not happening. <laughs> that's not true. There's something wrong with it. Then I got mad. Like what the you know, Matt Harvey is, is injured. What else? What 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 more? Like what could be worse? Especially considering the season he was having, yeah. burst onto the scene, and then I was like, "Well, maybe it's not that bad." He's bargaining. Maybe it's not that bad. Maybe, maybe he doesn't need surgery because if you remember in in right. the early days, yes. we, there was a chance he didn't need surgery. He could avoid surgery, right? Right. And, and apparently, then, apparently, your bargaining stage voice is Jay Leno. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> maybe not that bad. <laughs> when you get to bargaining. You turn into Jay Leto. Yeah. Maybe Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. That's part of the stages of grief. <laughs> you morph into Jay Leno. The Jay Leno bargaining phase. At that stage. What if there was a celebrity attached to every phase? To every stage? Yeah, to every stage, I mean. I didn't, well, who would, be, who would be attached to who would a be denial? A perfect denial. Well, it has to, of course, be within the realm of impressions we can do. Right. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> would it be Paul McCartney? It would, denial? No. <laughs> he would be he okay. would be acceptance. Denial. McCartney's definitely acceptance. It's okay. Yeah. You know, gonna be great. He's gonna come back a popper And better than ever. I feel like Nicolas Cage would be a good <laughs> anger stage. <laughs> Right. Nicolas Cage, Honeymoon in Vegas is right. the anger stage. <laughs> Look, that's great news. Completely over the top. Right. <laughs> that would be fantastic if he wasn't injured. Okay. Is that, is that an underrated movie or am I wrong? Honeymoon in Vegas? I, I think it's underrated. I, I don't think it would hold up. I haven't seen it in years. I haven't seen it in a long time. You got Jimmy, Jimmy Kahn in there. Sarah Jessica Parker. SJP. At the height of her powers. No, no, before. No, I'm saying, that, like, before Sex and the City and she really became sort of a caricature looks-wise. Oh, I see. But I, I would think that she was most popular. Yes, no, absolutely. Reached. I meant as, as far as attractiveness. Right. She's very attractive in that movie. She was. Not really facially so much. Although I've never had a problem with her face. I feel like maybe she hasn't aged well. Yeah. That's a tough gig. And that's not really something I also think she wants me to say. Right. right. But I also think she's an underrated actress. I always have. Very good actress. Yeah. Very solid comedic timing. I always thought that was sort of overlooked. But anyway... And, listen, that's, and, and her and Roderick is a success story. Hollywood success story. It is nice. There's not many of them. No. There's like that's, three. Yeah, that's one that's, that's worked. And Cage in that movie, I think, is very funny. He, he was funny. There's some great moments. When he, well, well, you're not even flying today? That was before he became a caricature of himself also. Right. So when he does the angle thing in that movie, it works. 
Right. It's <laughs> over the top. I had a straight flush. It's like unbeatable. <laughs> so, yes, he's definitely Nick Cage in Honeymoon in Vegas is the anger stage. The anger stage. No and doubt. Then Jay Leno is the bargaining stage. Jay Leno is the bargaining stage. <laughs> Maybe it's not, which is where we were <laughs> at that point. Maybe it's not that bad. Maybe, uh, Maybe it'll be okay. And then immediately, depression. Oh boy. But this is but this is where you're gonna be, because I can right. see it happening. This is where you're gonna be. You are going to be comfortably nestled into the depression stage, jumping back in. Yes, that's. What I feel that. Happen. I feel that's accurate. You know, you're gonna just it, it's gonna it's gonna suck. It's just gonna <laughs> suck. Oh, it already does. No, but I mean like. It's like I like I said, you're gonna be depressed that there's no Tavares, but you're not. He's kind of out of sight, out of mind. But you're depressed because you know that he's hurt. And then you're gonna you're gonna see the Islander draft party this summer, and then there he is on crutches, and you're gonna get angry again immediately. Right. Well, they're making a lottery pick, right? Or or while Buffalo is making their lottery pick, right? Well, they can't. Well, they could. It's protected. It's protected. It's protected. It doesn't mean they have to keep it. That's right. It doesn't mean who has to keep it. The Islanders. The Islanders can choose to give that pick up. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. It's top ten protected, but they can give it up if they choose to. In other words, if the Islanders get the ten, they might choose to just give it up and not give it up the next year. Right, because next year will be a deeper draft. That's correct. And they won't want to give up yeah. their first-round pick next year. It was not a bad play by Snow. It really wasn't. And if they have the one or the two in this particular draft, they'll keep it. Obviously. You know, but if they have the eight, nine, or ten, they might, they might I, go ahead and give it up and complete the trade. But any, think, anyway. Yeah. So, you, so, that's, so that's where you're going to spend most of, of the next eight months. Is in, de- is in depression. Sounds and good. I don't know if you'll ever... Uh, it's hard to tell. I don't know if you will ever fully accept the fact that John Tavares tore his MCL because of the Olympic angle. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know if I'll ever get over it. That's the, that's the piece that's going to always prevent you from like, being okay. Here's the other thing I thought of. We're going to have to deal with this crap again in four years. I don't think so. You don't think he's going to want to play in four years? He's only 22 or 23. No, I don't. I don't. It sounds like they're not going to, they are not going to allow their players to go. Oh, why would they do that? Well, well, well. I was having a really good conversation with Chris, hurt. With, uh, Chris Lepresti about this today, who covers right. the Jets for WFAN. And he's a great guy, but he's, he's a big hockey fan as well. And did you see Chris and I going back and Ranger forth? Ranger fan. Yes. Going back and forth on Twitter, and he made the point about the amateurs were great, you know, years ago, but everybody lets their pros play, and blah, blah, blah. And, and there were very salient arguments, and um, I don't agree with necessarily all of them. I think if the NF- NHL said that they can't play, then they can't play. You'll have four or five guys like Ovechkin or whatever who will make a big deal out of it. The rest won't. The rest will follow suit because they'll be giving them millions of dollars. I think that that's what's going to happen. But I brought up the summer games angle. Like if the, if the 
and Boomer Esiason brought this up this morning as well. If the NHL is committed to letting their best players play and using it as a showcase for NHL hockey, then do it in the summer games. Do it out of season. Move Olympic hockey to the summer, like basketball did. Oh, well, you can't play Olympic hockey in the summer. Why? Why not? You know what? Eddie Olchek made the same point today. He would rather see it played in the summer. This way, Tavares, for example, gets hurt there. It's out yeah. of season. It's out and, of season. I can, and, li- I can live with it. I don't like it. Right. But I can live with it. But if, if you know, Zetterberg breaks his hand and he's out for six weeks, he's still there for his team. And if you are missing significant time, like Tavares, let's say Tavares has a six-month injury, which is entirely possible. Right. And, and they played it in, uh, they played it in you know, June. Or, well, the, the cup ends in June now, right? Right. They would have to play it in July and August. July, right. So say it's two weeks in July. Okay. And he has a, a, you know, a six-month injury. Right. You don't see him at least till January. Right, but he's still getting half a season. Then he's got a rehab. But he's still getting half a season. You're still getting something. You know, I, I just... It, I think... No, see, I, I don't, I I think, don't like it at all, but it's I a better it's, solution than taking your players out of a season during it and removing them from a season that they're currently active in and I risking think, them for that season. I think that part's stupid. I think, I think it's stupid to disrupt your season to do that. I agree. You know? I, I, it doesn't... I, I compartmentalize all of this. So I think it's stupid that the NHL allows their players to go over there and disrupt the last quarter of the season. All right? I, I hate that. But I can put that in one place, and then I can put the hockey that I'm watching in the Olympics in another place because I love it. Wow. I, I can then take a piece of that <laughs> that it's the NHL players and put that in another piece because I, I like watching the NHL players more than the amateurs. I don't. You know? I don't, so, I don't like rooting for guys that I root that two weeks ago I was rooting against. It's hard. I, can get, I get that. For me. I, you know, rooting for, for Callahan or something tomorrow is it's tough. Yeah, it's hard to reconcile that. I get it. It is. And, and, it's, and it's because, again, it's so fresh. I was just rooting against this guy two weeks ago at Yankee Stadium. Right. And now and, I, now I got to – he's my hopes and dreams of an Olympic gold medal ride on a guy from the Rangers. I don't like the Rangers. Yeah, I know. If it was played in July, I may be able to forget the fact that, you know, four months ago I didn't like this guy. But he, he dismissed that out of turn because it's a winter sport. And and I and I've heard that as well, but you know, so is basketball. Essentially, I mean, basketball seasons played during the winter, right? You could well, do it. Well, it. it's played. It's played in the same season. Yeah, you, you could do it. The NBA. The NBA was strong enough to say, "Hey, look, we're not interrupting our season. Sorry. We'll we'll send the pros. We're not interrupting our season." Well, here's the, and and that's not a great argument either because Olympic basketball is a lot different than Olympic hockey. But, it's, but the premise is the same. 
the premise is the same, but but I don't think like the premise of like interrupting you were, your season. Right. No, no, no. I know. But I'm talking about I'm talking about the actual sport because you talked about earlier that you could get some amateur player from a European country that's never going to play in the NHL taking a run at an NHL player. Whereas I don't think you would get that. No, that risk is not there. No, and the risk of injury is not as great in in basketball at all. I'm not contending that. I'm contending that um, the idea of of interrupting your season, the NBA said, no, no, sorry. We're not sending our best players out of their season three and risking injury. Although to a much less you know great or a much less extent, but let, my final question on this, and I want to wrap up, and then we're going to do a couple of quick nuggets and get out. Oh, okay. Why don't? What is it about the pros playing in the Olympics? Now, look. Am I interested in that game tomorrow? I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the the Iron Eagle. I'm gonna ask myself a question. I'm gonna answer it. Am I interested in that game tomorrow? Of course I am. Will I watch it? Not anymore. Would I have watched it if Tavares hadn't gotten hurt? Yeah, probably. I probably would have. Now I'm just so pissed off. There's no chance I watch it now. But But you're also working. We find ways. (laughs) We We find ways to watch stuff at work. My question to you is, why do you like the pros playing more than the amateurs? And follow up, (laughs) Steve Sampietro, to you. Follow up. Specifically for the United States. So I want to hear overall generally and then specifically for the United States. All right, overall, generally, first, because the pros are better hockey players than the amateurs. Now, right? Now the, the pros have far surpassed the sure, amateurs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they can all play in the NHL. Right. Like, I, I would... 20, 30 years ago, if you're watching the Russian national team, the Soviet national team, they're better than several NHL teams. That's right. But that's not the case anymore. They all play, the best players play in the NHL, so exactly. So I just I think you that, like the best players in the world playing. Not necessarily the idea of it, but just the competition. I think is better. I think it's I think it's a better it's a better game, and it's also because the players take it so seriously that they ramp it up a little bit in the Olympics. Yeah, which really makes a season ticket holder for the Phoenix yeah. Coyotes feel great. I know, I know, I know. But that I just from you asked me why I like it better from a from a viewing standpoint, that's why I like it better. But you're a hockey fan. I'm a hockey fan. I'm not, I am a hockey fan. You're not John Q public. No. Who doesn't know the difference between watching amateurs play or these guys play. That's true. So it doesn't make a difference. So if they're if they're big sales pitches, look at all the professionals playing right. in the Olympics. You're going to go watch NHL hockey now right. again. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the Olympics regardless of who's in it. I'm gonna watch NHL hockey regardless of who's playing. And the person who doesn't know anything about hockey and is now a fan for two and a half weeks because America doesn't care. 
doesn't know the difference between a bunch of college players playing and Sidney Crosby's line in this game. They, they don't care. They don't know the difference of that game. You're probably right. I mean, they, they just don't. It's, You'd it's have to so, ask, you have to ask somebody. It's so akin to the World Cup in soccer. It really is. Uh, the way that the way that Americans get behind Olympic hockey every four years, we hear the same thing. Oh, this is going to be great for the game in the United States, and it never is. It You're never right. is. That that is probably the best point you've made throughout this whole thing. Well, thanks, thanks. All the other ones, eh, not so much. No, this that makes a lot of sense. Because it is, you know, and, and I think of it from, I, I, I try to relate everything because I, that's how I understand it. So when, I, when, I, when you talk about the World Cup, I, do, I don't think I watch a soccer match for four years. I don't. Not a single one. Nope. You know, and then when the World Cup starts. I'm all I, in. Yeah, I I, I'm not all in, but I get wrapped up in it. Ah, watch it. I'm all in. Yeah, and then I don't go. I, I don't. I don't go watch the MSL after that. No, or MLS. Is it MLS? Yeah. I don't even know the name of the league. I'm I not watching. Yeah, I'm not getting Red Bull season tickets after that. I'm not. But but you want to know what? There are there are soccer fans that watch it all the time. Of course, and they would know the difference between amateurs playing and the best players in the world playing. Right. This ain't a country full of them. I guess but, but I understand your point, and I appreciate it. And that's one of the reasons I asked that question, because you are a hockey fan. And so I know that's intrinsic in your feeling that you like the professionals playing, because it's the best possible product. And, the other, and, and I also have a connection to these guys. I know who these guys are. Sure. I, don't know, who, I don't know who the amateurs are. I learn them, like you said. See, I think you that's learn, part of the fun. No, you're right. That is fun. You learn who a Ken Morrow is, and you learn who a Pat LaFontaine is, and then they become part of your, your hockey, your NHL team, and that's great, you know? But going into it, like, I'm, I'm thinking about what the lines are going to be before the tournament even starts. Sure. Because I know who the players are. I'm invested in the announcement of the roster. Yeah. I'm not in, I don't care about that when, when they're choosing amateurs. When it was the third... JT, I think, was named second to last. And, yeah. um, and Howie and I were listening to it and watching it live on NHL.com. Howie's a buddy of mine at work, huge Islander fan, huge. And he's all into the Olympics. He was all in on it. And I kept telling him, I'm like, Howie, I hate it. I hate it. He's going to get hurt. I'm telling you. And it got down to, we were listening to him like, no, even I was like, come on, Tavares has to be on the team. Let's. If he's not on the team, we're just being stupid. I mean, come right. on. And then it got down, and they hadn't named him yet. And it, there were only like two or three spots left to go. And I turned to him and I said, I, Howie was laughing about this today, because he's like, you said it. I turned to him and I said, Howie, I hope he doesn't make it. <laughs> and he goes, what are you talking about? I said, I hope he doesn't make it. I said, I hope he doesn't make it. He said, There's good. There's less in, no risk of injury. I hope he doesn't make it. And then, like, one later, Iserman announced Tavares, and I was like, hope he doesn't get hurt. <laughs> See, 
I think most people, most I think most Islander fans. He wasn't thinking that. No, most Islander fans were like, yeah, this guy's going to play in the Olympics. Yeah, I don't care. Not you. No pride. It's not that you have no pride. No, I had no pride in the fact that he. I know. I already knew he was one of the top five players in the league. I didn't need the. I didn't need the Olympics to tell it to me. I didn't. See, to me, that I, that means something to me to Oposo, see them. Oposo the, bothered me more. Yeah. Oh, I, I really hated the fact that Oposo didn't make it. And that's also because Oposo would have been playing for a team I can root for, the United States. JT makes the team, and I I'm not even going to root for him. Oh, I hate it. I hate it a lot. Okay, specifically, mm. then real quick, with the Americans, like, don't you love the amateurs? Well, we talked about it. I loved, I loved the I have some of my fondest memories from the 88 games and the 92 games. In Lilyhammer? With the, yeah, with those teams, with Ray LeBlanc and with, you know, guys, you know, Scott LaChance and guys that you knew you were going to get and... All of those teams trying to emulate the 80 team. Yeah. And trying to recreate that. That will never, as long as the pros are playing, you'll never have it. If the United States goes and wins the gold medal, well, that's nice. They're professionals. Beating other professionals. Yeah, but oh, okay. Yeah. These, were, these were amateurs playing the best players in the world. And competing against them, and right. beating they them. Right, but they didn't have a, they didn't have as much of a chance. Well, other countries started letting their professionals play, and you know the United States had to do it to to stay competitive, I guess, or whatever. I just don't like it. Well, it wasn't it wasn't just the United States. No, that's what I'm saying. They all decided to let their professionals play, and and I get I I, I get that. I just. Trey LeBlanc. I know. I know. I know. I... You can still turn to Evan, our buddy Evan, and say, Save LeBlanc! And he, he will know, understands he that. He'll know exactly what you're talking about. Because there was that one game in the in the tournament in, in the era 92 where he made like 52 saves. Right. So I, I missed that. Yeah, DiPietro played for them too. Yes, he did. I think he was. He might have been part of the last non-NHL team. Ninety-six, right? Or well, uh, two thousand? Or two 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 thousand six? Yeah. No. Two thousand six was an NHL. Two thousand two. I don't know. Maybe we'd have to look it up. But yeah, DP was in. in hey, Garth Snow was on the Olympic team. Garth Snow is a an American Olympic goalie in the '84 Olympics. Yeah, you're right. So for him to come out today and rip the IOC and stuff is is oh, telling. He was so mad. Yes. Well, good. As some people said, it would have been nice to see a little of this fire when the Islanders are getting hosed on calls and, you know, getting goals taken away from them. Ah, enough. Flippity yeah, flu. You're not wrong. Hey, listen. Um, Ike Davis is your first baseman. How you feel? You feel good? No. <laughs> baseball's baseball's upon us, buddy. The optimist. I'm going to completely flip the script on you. You ready? Yeah, I, I see what you're doing. Go ahead. 
the optimism is there, baby. The magic is back. Yeah. I had Wesley singing Meet the Mets tonight. Loves the song. Was that child abuse? Yeah, there you go. Right. <laughs> Would you put a Met hat on him and pants him? I'm gonna have to do call, that to their kid. I'm gonna have to call child services if I see you teaching your kid meet, meet the Mets again. That's child abuse. So funny when people yeah. say that. And they say and and dead serious when they say oh, that yeah. too. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I was teaching yeah. him, uh, uh, reteaching him meet the Mets tonight. Love the song. Not the 1984 uh, disco version. I 62 hope. 62 version. East side, west side. And, and of course, I, I kept, I kept singing it, and he started singing along with me, and then I went and got it on YouTube, and threw it up on the iPad, and now he's into it. Yeah. And the butcher and the baker and the. <laughs> I tell you, to see the beds. When my daughter was was his age, when when she was three, that's when we taught her, meet the Mets. Loves it. And it's great at parties, too. He's all, he's all in on it. People totally. love it. It's great. Try it on a three-year-old thing and meet the Mets. They love it. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a big hit. You, should, you put him in a little suit, too, <laughs> with shorts and a bow tie. Love it. Looks like Lindsay Nelson. <laughs> um, part his hair on the side and slick it over. The, uh, we'll get to baseball. A couple of things happened in the sporting world that we didn't really get to talk about. Uh, in the chat room, and I just want to cover real quick, and then I want to wrap up and just have a quick show tonight. It's already an hour. <laughs> no, we're 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 doing good. I mean, considering the technical difficulties. Okay, sure, let's go. The Dolphins, uh, the report with Richie Incognito and, and Jonathan Martin came out, and um, really just two two organizations in the NFL in the last few weeks are hilarious to me. In in the in the sense of, wow, you guys thought the Jets were bad, and one is the Dolphins, the other is the Browns. I mean, yeah. Did you enjoy Mike Lombardi getting fired as much as I did? Yep. Okay, good. <laughs> this is not just me. No, sure Great. did. Great. Sure good. did. How long did we listen to him uh, badmouth every other team in the league but the Patriots, including the Jets? Like, well, especially the Jets. Yeah. Uh, it was about three, four years on the yeah. passport. Right. And, yeah. then, uh... and and one of the things that I saw come out with that cow that I just loved was after he was fired, other GMs, it came out, there was like a report that other GMs didn't want to work with him. Of course not. And like wouldn't deal with him. Because he <laughs> spent three or four years ripping every single team in the league. Exactly. The other thing I thought of too was that whole you know blue chip thing and that he came up with that I'm sure at some point agents were using against these GMs and contract negotiations. Like, hey, look on Pro Football, what is it, Outsiders or whatever? I'm a blue chip player. You know, that's Mike Lombardi. Right. I, you know, my client deserves this, this, and this. Like, I'm sure general managers like, yeah, Mike, yeah, let's let's make a deal. Everybody except obviously Jim Mersey who. He actually burned his bridges before he needed to cross them. <laughs> right, before he even got there. You know, like most people cross the bridge and then burn it behind them and they can't get back. Right. He burned it before he even got there. I really, I took almost almost a perverse pleasure in the fact that he got canned. 
Yeah, I really you know, I mean, you you want to talk about a circus. That Browns organization is is it's beyond embarrassing. And I think Petten is a good coach. I do. Yeah. I think he is, Cal. I think he has the potential to be a really good coach. After Who reading after reading uh Collision Low Cross, I feel like there was more to Mike Petten than I had maybe anticipated. And the fact yeah. that he became the leak well, that's what I don't like. That's what leaves a bad taste in, in my 2012. mouth. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand that. But just from a football coach mentality... You know, he, seem, he or, seems like uh, a real, real solid football guy. And players love him, too. Yeah. You know, he's, you know? He, he's got the... But they're... I mean, they're... <laughs> Jimmy Haslam, they're... they're yeah. and, then, and then the Dolphins, there's this whole idea of... Not... Like uh, Joe Philbin didn't know what was going on. The, the offensive line coach uh, Turner is is in you know in, <laughs> implicated in the things, and he's not let go. Like they keep him. And like, I, why? I just didn't. I didn't understand. No, no, no. I, I just I want to know why nobody over there can just be a man and take accountability. Right. Like I've never I've never seen adults. Point the finger and and throw everybody under the bus that they can. Like just, just stand up, yeah. stand up to it, and say this is what happened. What's great is, so much of this was, uh, at the time Jonathan Martin was, you know, be a man. Anybody who was uh, sort of on Richie Incognito's side was saying, oh, you know, you be a grown, you're, grown ass man was thrown around like yeah. five hundred times. In my face to the point in one of the discussions at work, like I got pissed off. Like if I hear that one more time, what does it even mean to be a grown ass man? Please tell me, tell me. <laughs> Think about how stupid that sentence sounds. You're a grown, you're a grown ass man. Handle your business or whatever. And nobody, you know, guess what? Nobody there is a grown ass man. Nobody, because I mean, nobody you're... has stepped up to the plate and been honest, accountable. And accountable. Joe, I mean, Joe Philbin, I don't believe a word out of his mouth. No, I really don't. <laughs> Come on. Just, just admit to what happened. This has been said a bunch of places, Cal, but I love this. The tweets that Incognito was sending out like two days before the report came out. Uh-huh. That he, you know, blaming it on Jonathan Martin, and you'll see when the evidence comes out and your camp and this and that. Like, did he, how did he think any of this evidence would exonerate him? <laughs> like it came out two days later, and it was, you know, he's, he's awful. Like, he's just an awful human being. He's not smart either. Right. And he, and really? he's a, he's a turncoat. You know, like he, he basically gave up all the Jonathan Martin texts from late in this situation to make himself look good. <laughs> why was he tweeting on Tuesday? Like somebody was drinking early. Like why was he tweeting on Tuesday? Like you'll all see. Wait, what's that? I'm sorry. Wait, what? All the evidence says that I'm a huge douchebag? Oh. Oh. Let me delete my account. <laughs> let, me, let me see. What did I say? Like, it was like the Golden God moment from Almost Famous. Did I say that? Did I say that I'd be exonerated? I didn't say that. You did. But then he he deleted his account. Of course. I guess thinking that it would just go away. Yeah. No. And then he came back two days later. (laughs) It's the internet. 
you can get rid of a footprint on the internet pretty well, easy. Well, you gotta just just delete anything you've done. It's gone. And if that doesn't work, just unplug the computer. Like it, like it never existed. Just, I'm sure if you just unplug and shut down, power down, and then unplug that computer. Change your name too. You could just like he should have just gone with Itchy Ringcognito. Nobody would ever know it's him. <laughs> Does he have to change his name? His name is Richie Incognito. It's the most ironic name ever. If there was ever anyone who should not have to change his name. Right. It would be <laughs> Johnny in Disguise is the only other guy I could think of. It's great because now when people say they're going incognito, it's going to be confusing. <laughs> right. So you're going to turn into a gigantic bully asshole. <laughs> bullying people now? Right. So I thought that was, I thought that, right. I thought that was, uh, that was interesting. And then a lot of our conversation last week with Jay Linder, which was great, by the way. If you, Jay Leno? Jay Leno. <laughs> in the acceptance stage, or in the bargaining sta- uh, phase. Um, a lot of our conversation with Jay Linder, well, the, the whole episode was great, but a lot of our conversation about Michael Sam and the implications within a locker room, and now, of course, the combine started today. Um, was sort of borne out. A lot of people talked about, and this is not a pat on the back thing, this is obviously these things are in the collective conscious, and, and we were talking about them a bit, and people have been talking about them, this idea that the locker room, and I think it was amplified by the Jonathan Martin, Richie Incognito case coming out, um, that a lot of the idea that the locker room is this uh, inner sanctum that allows these men to be bigots or racists or pretty much whatever they want mm-hmm. needs to come to an end. I just kept saying that. It's yeah. 2014. Right. Because it's, it's, it's not okay. It's not okay to continue to do that. And it's one thing to not be comfortable with somebody's uh, sexuality and their lifestyle choices. Um, it's another thing to feel like you're in a environment where you can pretty much say and be as offensive as you want to anybody at any time, right? Without any sort of repercussions. I hate to say I don't. I don't ever see it going away completely. I don't think we're ever going to get to a point where it's just not there. But it'll is, always. It's always going to be there. But in in an NFL locker room, is there an acceptable amount? Of where is it from chop-busting and good-natured right. to bigotry and racism? I, is there a line? I don't know if there's a line. There is a line. Uh-huh. I think there's a line. I don't know if people are responsible enough to that's be able to... That's what I meant. I'm sorry. Yeah. Thank you. You clarified. Yeah, but, I, don't, I don't know if I can do it. Right. I don't know it's if you can dance on that line. Yeah, it's you know? it's it's obviously Michael Sam is is uh, important because he's changed that conversation. But I think it'll die down. I think he'll he'll go through his combine. Hopefully he'll have a you know he'll have a good showing. He'll prove himself draftable, and 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 then that'll be that. And then we'll draft. We'll hopefully draft him, and we'll see what happens. Um, Who's going to draft him? Did you see that uh, Sid Ziegler uh, took back some of his comments about the Jets? No. Yes. Sid Ziegler, the one of the editors at Out Magazine, who had helped in the orchestration of Michael Sam's coming out, 
helped him with uh, publicity, etc. Um, well, there has to be more than one thing for an etc. So helped him with publicity and media training, etc. etc. Had said that there were certain teams he hoped Michael Sam would not go to, like the Jets or the Redskins or the Cowboys, whose locker rooms are dysfunctional and there's no leadership and there's leadership problems and right. And somebody called him out on it for the Jets. Good. And said, I think you're mistaken. Go read Nicholas Dewidoff's book, first of all. No, seriously. Collision Low Crossers has been brought up like four times in the last week because of it. Good. Finally. Finally. In fact, uh, NewJersey.com, I can't remember who the beat writer is, quoted from it today like four times. I'm like, yeah, right on time. Only took you four months. It's be a new book out. Yeah. <laughs> was that a, a new book? Was that a new book out? Was that on, on, on Oprah? This book, just, this book just came out. Uh, Mike, it came out four months ago. I got, a, I got an advanced copy of it to read. Right. <laughs> I read it. That'll be fantastic. That's it. Right. You're gonna, you, when, when you read it, you'll understand. I read it. You're right. You're going to read this. Did you read the book? Then a caller will call up about it. Did you read the book? Okay, yeah, get back to me when you read the Thanksgiving. book. <laughs> but anyway, uh, he he rescinded uh, a number of those statements, saying you know maybe maybe the Jets were not. He wasn't fair to the Jets. Yeah, he stuck with he stuck with Dallas and Washington <laughs> as locker rooms where he would not want to see him go. But he had said like the Jets would be disastrous, and he brought up Tebow or something or whatever. And then he was like, well, it seems like they've gotten their stuff together and there's a new regime. And Somebody said to him, yeah, the players love Rex Ryan, by the way. You didn't know that? Yeah, you didn't, didn't see that. So anyway, um, yeah, I just wanted to take you around. Those things were interesting to me. I'm, I'm uh, watching the Combine a little bit. Oh, I want to give a plug to, to um, Turn on the Jets, our buddies, Joe Caparoso, and those guys over there. I don't know if you caught this, Cal. If you haven't, go check it out. Um, I think it was Cole, I can never remember his last name. One of the writers at TOJ laid out an entire mock offseason. I think it was Cole Patterson. Okay. Um, www.turnonthejets.com. Go check that out because, Cal, it's really good. It's really good. It's a solid, legit, I mean, he used the salary cap guru. He used a mock draft that he trusted. Um, he used, you know, he, he took the cap into account. He did a great job. Steve, everything they do is good. Yeah. I would sign for it, though. I would sign for this offseason. Okay. I'll have to look at it. Oh, did you see that uh, Rex and Coughlin were buddy-buddy? Uh, no. I saw Rex. I didn't see Coughlin today. Yesterday, I guess when they were taking their flight to, you know, the reason I bring it up is they would have you believe that these guys hate each other and can't even be in the same room. Well, yeah. And somebody tweeted, oh, just saw Rex Ryan and uh, Tom Coughlin at the gate waiting for their flight to Indianapolis, hanging out and, you know, sort of BSing and, and like, uh, just, you know, chewing the fat, as it were. Good. Again. Doesn't fit the narrative, though. The New York media just. And the and 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 I'm I'm telling you right now, I really feel this in my bones. And it's important, the Giants, if they have another season like they had last year, 
and there's guys throwing guys under the bus and you know Eli Manning with you know merchandising things and whatever like all these ancillary stories and Terrell Thomas coming out and saying that nobody wants a gay player in the locker room whatever he said or they wouldn't be comfortable and I don't agree with it they are going to have a rough time especially if it's Camp Harmony over at the Jets. There's no reason to believe that it won't be. I'm telling you. I oh. really feel this. I feel like... Yeah, things are changing a little things, bit. Things may... It'll never be the same. No, it can't be. The Giants will never be a circus, ever. But I feel like maybe one or two big top tents may make their way over there only because... The New York media needs it. They need it now. Yeah. It could happen. Hey, how about Ray Rice? Oh. What do you make of that? Oh, man. Ray Rice, Darren Sharper. Darren Sharper's... Uh, that, that story's from another planet. That story's disgusting. Just on... Yeah. I mean... Like, it's... None of it is acceptable. None of it. No. The Ray Rice one... Here's, is acceptable? <laughs> no, the Ray Rice one was interesting to me, Bri, because some local... You know, Carton, Craig Carton here in New York is like friends with him. Right. Because they're from the same hometown and right. uh, up in Rochester or whatever. And so from that standpoint, it was really interesting to listen to him this morning. And he's he's like, look, if... If this is true, and all the allegations are true, and this actually happened, and he knocked out his fiance, and he was hurting him. It's a yeah. weird position, Bri. Sure. Well, that's when you get close to athletes, or any public figure, and then something like that happens, that you've been so, you've been so open about your relationship. Or, yeah. or your relationship. Yeah, it, just, it puts you in a, in a tough spot. All There's a would... video. There's a video of him dragging her out. Yeah. The video, the video's not a great look for him. No, that's that's it's awful. That's damning. Yeah. He uh it was like Carton the most he could bring himself to say was I don't want him on my team. Right. It's a it's a tough spot. Of course like Francesca and Arod. Well, but that's yes. Absolutely, but that's I, I it's that's cartoonish though. It is. I know, it's not as serious. I get it. No, it's it's not even that it's not as serious. It's The difference there is that they're using each other. Yeah, that's true. Like, Carton's relationship with Ray Rice is legitimate. I mean, he's he's friendly with him. He thinks he knows him. And then he sees this guy do this. And you can't, on a national radio show, come out in support of him, dragging his fiancé out of an elevator... Might be a problem. Yeah, <laughs> it's a touch problematic. I the the Ray Rice story is, is is awful, awful. Yeah, it's and it just stinks. He seems like a good guy. He's Rutgers, and you know, like yeah, you hate when that happens. You hate it all, but I'm so. Sometimes you hear a guy's name, Cal, that's done it, and you're like, oh, really, him? Really? You're disappointed. You're not surprised. Yeah. 
You're disappointed. You're disgusted, but you're also disappointed in the same breath. You're like, ah, oh, really, him? I'll never forget my all-time greatest moment of that. I, I, I bet you know exactly what it is. Well, for me, it was O.J. Simpson. Okay. No, no, not to, not to this degree. Oh. Just the just the a guy or a couple of guys getting in trouble and being like, "Oh man, really? Was that the Houston nightclub?" <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because Tuffle was involved. Jimmy, Jimmy Tuffle, darling. It was Tuffle, darling, Ojeda, Ojeda, and Aguilera. Aguilera. Yeah. In 1986, the Mets, <laughs> four Mets, went to a uh, got in a fight at a nightclub. Cooters. Cooters in Houston. Houston. It was, and they were celebrating the birth of Tim Tuffle's Tim son. Tim Tuffle's son, that's right. And we ended up getting arrested. Right. And Cooters, this this bar in Houston was apparently like a real hangout for ball players and stuff. Like they knew them there. Yeah. That obviously that '86 team had a reputation. But wasn't like Strawberry buying shots all night and then he took off? He left. Right. Like yeah, Strawberry. They, they were the four left in the bar. Strawberry got them drunk and then took off, and they got in a fight. With, like, the cops or something like that? And Strawberry probably went and did drugs in his hotel room that That's night. correct. Well, he was very busy. He had a lot of blow to do. He did. Hey, look, Cal. This blow is not going to do itself. <laughs> I got to go. good. One of them is going to do it. I got to go. <laughs> I got to get out of here. This I get to it before Doc finishes <laughs> this, it. This eight ball is not going to do itself. And Kevin Mitchell's in my room, so we got to go. With a chicken. We got with with a chicken he's about to kill. All right, let's oh, the wrap cat, it. the cat, the cat. But wasn't he, was he a drug guy, Kevin Mitchell? No, I think he just skinned a cat. <laughs> he scared the crap out of everybody on his team. I think I think he was as straight as an arrow. Had we been doing this podcast when when that book came out. Jeff Perlman, the bad guys won. Uh, you think you think I talk about collision low crosses a lot? Forget about it. We would have talked about that book every, every week for about six months. Maybe we should. We should get him. We should get him on. It's a tremendous book. Looking at it over there. Yeah, I have it too. I have the hard copy. Uh, I have a hard. I have a hard cover. I bought it for McWalters. I bought it for like four people. Leather bound. Right. <laughs> Leather bound edition. The book we're talking about is The Bad Guys Won by Jeff Brown. Great, great book about the 1986 New York Mets. There'll never be another team like that. They really won't. Nope. All right, final unload. Cal. Well, my final unload is, is tomorrow, USA and Canada in the semifinals of the Olympic hockey tournament. I'm going to be into it. I'm sorry. I'm going to be into it. And I'm really rooting for the USA to win. So, sorry. Sorry. And my final unload is, you know, next week on uh, Tuesday the 25th, a, uh, a good buddy of mine. It's a milestone, a millstone, if you will. Happy birthday, Bri. Thank you, Steve. I, uh... I'm looking forward to celebrating this weekend with the Corfour. We still have to figure out who gets to be Jeter. And uh, happy birthday, brother. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. And, uh, well, I guess you can't stop time. 
No, you can't. <laughs> Thank you for the profundity. Yes, that's correct. Well, that's all I got. We'll see you next week when Cal will be 40. Good night. Good night.